Hi, I'm Darcy Weir, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome back to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 534 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Darcy Ware is going to be joining us. He's the director of the film volcanic ufo mysteries and many other documentaries that he's done and of course we did stephen bassett a couple weeks ago who talked about the film and this is the director of that film so uh, darcy's going to be joining us in uh, just a couple of minutes so stick around for that and we've got a lot of things coming your way but uh, i just wanted to mention that uh, we are still ongoing with all the changes here at on screen and beyond we've added a few more of the rerun episodes uh, including one with Burt Young, who played Polly in the Rocky movie. Now, this was back from uh, 2012, and uh, that one is now back up, and you can uh, take a listen to that one. That's a, that's a fun one. I mean, you know, hey, it's Polly from Rocky. What do you want? <laughs> and uh, we also put up another one from uh, Oscar winner Margaret O'Brien from uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, a very old movie and a long time ago, but uh, Margaret joined us, and it was a... Uh, a lot of fun having her on here on On Screen and Beyond, and both of those were from 2012, so I hope you'll enjoy those. And if you have a suggestion for a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, or if you have a rerun that you would like me to post sooner, I don't have to put them in any certain order or anything like that, uh, so I'm just sort of picking and putting them up you know, and trying to get them up there for you. Uh, and uh, if you go to onscreenandbeyond.com, you can go to our rerun section and see all the people that we've uh, interviewed in the past. And if you see one that uh, you particularly perks your interest, just uh, send me an email and tell me, you know, hey, could you put this one up? And uh, I'll see what I can do about getting that up as fast as I can. Uh, otherwise than that, I'll just be picking and choosing and putting them up and trying to get as many as I can back up there. So uh, if you want to do that, uh, you can send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. All right, and uh, then I will uh, do my best to get that on for you. And also, uh, Facebook, still having trouble with Facebook, uh, but I, I just cannot get on it. I don't know what's going on with this thing. But I'm thinking about maybe I'll just make a new one, you know, and call it something different because I can't, uh, you can still, if you are looking for On Screen and Beyond uh, on Facebook, you can find it, but I just can't get into up, update it. So um, really strange. Uh, I'm also looking at uh, possibly doing Instagram and Twitter. And uh, so why don't you let me know if there's a social media that uh, you would enjoy seeing on screen and beyond uh, that way you can keep to up to date with what we're doing. And I'll do my best about uh, trying to get on those, too. So uh, you can send me an email, like I said, at feedback at on screen and beyond dot com. And we'll uh, try to get that on for you. And uh, listeners, we're getting all kinds of listeners, of course, as usual, all around the world, uh, in the U.S. specifically. We have uh, Texas recently, and Virginia, and uh, Seattle, Washington, and uh, South Carolina, Ohio, Michigan, California, all over. So why don't you tell your friends, and uh, we'll get more people here listening to On Screen and Beyond. If you are on any of the 
Apple, like Apple Podcasts or anything like that, go ahead and leave a review uh, or like or whatever you whatever you do there. Uh, that will get us higher up in the ratings. A five star rating always does the best. So if you can do that, that would be great. And uh, also in countries, uh, Russia and Canada and Australia, Estonia, England, all all over the place we're getting people. And uh, we've uh, just, you know, love hearing from you. And also I want to thank you very much for listening. So what do you say? That's enough of that stuff. So why don't we get right into it? It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. It looks like Disney is remaking The Little Mermaid into the live-action film, as they do now. That is what Disney does most of the time. And Melissa McCarthy will voice Ursula. And, of course, uh, back in October, we had uh, the uh, the real Ursula, the <laughs> or the original Ursula, I should say, Pat Carroll. If you want to hear that interview, you can uh, catch that. And uh, let's see who else is in this. Um, Halle Bailey will play uh, Ariel, and David Diggs is uh, Sebastian. And Cheaper by the Dozen remake, which I've mentioned before, is uh, still being developed at Disney pl- uh, for Disney+. Plus. And now Zach Branf has joined Gabrielle Union in the cast. You can look for that in 2022. And a remake of 1992's The Bodyguard uh, is in the works. And, of course, that originally starred Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Upcoming new movies, it looks like Kristen Wiig stars as Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar as two women from a Midwestern town decide to leave the town for the first time ever. And you can look for that on February 12th, and it's available for rent. And The Courier uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch will be hitting theaters on March 19th. And Kristen Stewart will star as Princess Diana in a new film called Spencer. Filming has started, and there's no release date yet other than this fall. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as sequels? Sequel City? Well, as far as sequels, the Spongebob movie Sponge on the Run, which was to be released in theaters in 2020, will now stream on Paramount Plus, which is formerly CBS All Access after rebranding name. That will premiere on March 4th for a $20 rental. And a sequel to a film called Searching is in the works, with two directors making their directorial debut. And a sequel to The War with Grandpa is in the works. It's uh, in the very early stages, so we'll let you know what happens with that one. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, Ronan Martin's Laughing, the complete series, will hit Amazon.com for sale on February 2nd. And uh, that has 89 never-before-available-in-stores episodes. And March 23rd, Soulmates Season 1 arrives on Blu-ray and DVD. And The Odd Couple, the complete series, the original ones, slides onto DVD 
in a 20-disc set on February 9th. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. <laughs> movies on DVD, Wild Mountain Time with Emily Blunt and John Hamm goes digital and on DVD on February 2nd. Also on February 2nd, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing lands on 4K Ultra HD for the first time. And on February 16th, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler in Baby Mama hits DVD. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Disney Plus is working on a TV series based on the Percy Jackson movies and books. And no word yet when it will arrive. Jonathan Knight of the New Kids on the Block will host a new HGTV series called Farmhouse Fixer, where he renovates old farmhouses, and that premieres on Wednesday, March 3rd at 9 p.m., and Cloris Leachman sadly has passed at the way, uh, the age of 94. I had the opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, talk with uh, Cloris quite a few times and uh, had lunch with her and things and she's a wonderful woman and uh, she will be sadly missed and Cicely Tyson has passed away also at the age of 96 and that's it for TV and Entertainment Time coming up next on On Screen and Beyond we have a little talk with Darcy Ware the director of Volcanic UFO Mysteries Darcy's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is a director who has made many documentaries dealing with the subjects of Sasquatch, UFOs, and the occult. His latest film, out right now, is Volcanic UFO Mysteries. It's Darcy Ware. Darcy, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, thank you for having me. Now, Darcy, I had the opportunity to watch Volcanic UFO Mysteries, and it was a fascinating film. I, I, I didn't realize that uh, there were so many sightings that were going on around volcanoes. Yeah, in, in Latin America, in, in this documentary specifically, is really where we focus on. Um, you know, we, we cover, uh, let's see, La Fortuna. We've got uh, the Arenal Volcano in Costa Rica, uh, the Colima, fiery volcano Colima in Mexico, and uh, Popo Capapetl is another major one in Mexico. That's right by Mexico City. And over the years, since uh, the 80s that we've been recording with different types of video, um, UFO events that have happened around these these volcanoes. So, uh, you know, and in this documentary, we really cover a historical sort of chronology. We go back to the 80s, then we go to the 90s, early 2000s, right up until 2020. Wow. You know? Yeah. Now, you, you, like you said, you geared in on specifically the Latin America uh, volcanoes, but what about, like, are they seeing things like this at, say, uh, the Hawaiian volcano that's going up right now? and uh, other other places around the world is it, are they seeing things there too there have been uh volcanic uh, sort of uh ufo sightings around say mount st helens people have mentioned 
Mount Shasta is a very uh, strange UFO hotspot. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely the Hawaiian volcanoes. There have been UFOs. I actually have some friends that live out there in Hawaii, uh, Blake and Brent Cousins, who have a show that they cover pretty much UFO videos that are sent to them from around the world. They're almost like a, uh, not America's funniest home videos, but America's UFO videos uh, of of the modern day. And um, every day they, or every week, they're releasing different UFO videos, and they've had UFO sightings around Hawaii for sure. I've seen them myself. Well, just recently, um, I saw an article where, oh, I can't remember what, I can't can't even pronounce the the towns anyways, it doesn't matter, (laughs) but there was a blue object that was seen coming down and somebody filmed it and it it dropped into the ocean and then they continued to see it. And this was viewed by not only uh, the people who were filming it, but also by the police and everybody. That That was a strange one. Yes, it was uh, off the the coast of the Hawaiian island of Oahu, and uh, this happened, I think it was December 29th, so, you know, almost at the very end of the year there, mm-hmm. and uh, very strange. It looked a bit to me like a balloon, but uh, it didn't definitely, you know, you don't see balloons fall into the ocean, and then you continue to see them, you know, so... Um, Strange UFO sighting for sure, and uh, I know that the FAA spokesman Ian Greger told US Today, uh, USA Today, we followed up to we followed up on the report, but had no aircraft disappear off radars, and we had no reports of overdue or missing aircraft. So Hmm. it was not one of theirs, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, getting back to the volcanic UFO mysteries, uh, watching that, some of the ones that you you showed, um, uh, you know, the the objects by the active volcanoes. First off, I mean, you know, what would be near <laughs> a, a an active volcano that close and going down into it? You, you know, that would be unbelievable. But um, you know, some people might say, well, it's it's something that's coming off the volcano and dropping in but but that's not the case because the ones that i saw uh even the ones that were smaller flecks like um they traveled in a uh you know not just shooting up and then coming back down they they went at right angles uh they were you know they maneuvered as opposed to just something being thrown out of the volcano that's right. They they seem to operate with intelligent control. Yeah. Um, and uh, to note a few of the events, like, for example, in 1988, uh, the fiery volcano Colima in uh, the sort of west side of Mexico uh, was erupting during, during daytime. And a news crew had been summoned to go record the activity, and thousands of people in the area had just collected to watch it happening as well. It was an uh, incredible sighting. Um, anyways, during this 
uh, event, the news crew that set up their cameras and hundreds, you know, thousands of people watching observed a UFO, uh, sort of disc-shaped, sort of orb-like craft, um, descending and then slowly hovering and going through a ash cloud um, that was coming out of the crater, as well as, you know, all the pyroclastic flows and rock that are launching at this time. Mm -hmm. Any civilian aircraft or military aircraft would not be able to withstand this kind of environment. Right. Uh, You know, to give reference to another volcanic eruption that happened in the past, in Iceland, I can't even begin to pronounce the name for that <laughs> volcano. But uh, that eruption in the sort of early, I think it was mid-2014 or something like that, that grounded most flights in Europe just because of the ash cloud that was hovering across that airspace. Mm-hmm, and that, yeah. this UFO in this video uh, slowly goes through an ash cloud and then comes out the other side of the crater and then goes up into the sky and takes off in, into, you know, the, the, the air. Um, what is that? And we have nothing in our inventory on Earth that can carry out that sort of maneuver without being destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, that's just one example. You probably saw tons of videos in, in this documentary. Um, Popocatapetl is constantly erupting, and it's a very dangerous volcano because it's super close to Mexico City, which, as some people may know, this has over 30 million people. And the chamber of this volcano creeps right close uh, to Mexico City's borders. Additionally, there's other cities that are even closer, like Puebla and uh, many towns surrounding uh, millions of people that could be affected by this eruption, uh, very catastrophic to life if that went off. Mm. And there's constantly cameras that are set up by the government to record this volcano to keep it under observe, uh, observation just in case there is something catastrophic coming. Of course, they have seismic data being recorded. They're looking for tremors to see if there's any early warning signs. And on these cameras that they have observing the volcano, um, much like the cameras that are coming off of these military aircraft that uh, were recorded these videos that were released by the Pentagon uh, and further um, confirmed in 2020 as being real, mm-hmm. uh, these cameras record in both infrared light and just normal light spectrum uh, that the human eye can see. And there's multiple UFOs that are seen not only approaching the uh, volcano Popocatapetl and stopping in the air and then slowly descending down to the, the crater or going into it, or there's videos of them going just over top of the volcano, which is also restricted airspace. Right? There's yeah. no airplanes that are allowed to be around there. Helicopters, nothing is supposed to go around there. So really, really curious sightings, and uh, it's a mystery. Um, I interviewed Stephen Bassett, who you've interviewed before, 
because I think his work is so important on the ending the truth embargo and getting disclosure to come from the government in an even bigger way. Um, and then on top of that, I interviewed Jaime Malson, who's the j- main journalist that's been covering these UFO events uh, that have been happening around volcanoes throughout Latin America, uh, throughout history. And he has some theories and such about why these UFOs might be going to the volcano. We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeez, I mean, it, it was fascinating, and some of the videos that you had, the the one that really blew me away was the the cylinder one. Um, you know, it looked sort of like a, I don't know, a pipe or a, uh, you know, a cylinder. Yeah, like a, a, <laughs> a cigar, cigar shape. Yeah, yeah it, a lot it, of a lot of. Folks have witnessed and reported what they call a cigar-shaped UFO. But uh, for lack of a better word, yeah, you can call it a cylinder as well. Yeah, I mean, it, in the, just the way that it, it traveled, you know, into the volcano, it's like, <laughs> what is that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, really strange. And uh, I think when whenever these... UFOs seem to enter or go near the UFO. It's oh, or go, sorry, go near or enter the uh, volcano. Mm-hmm. It seems to be at times when the volcano is active. Yeah, which is the really strange part. You know, uh, there can be downtime, there can be inactivity for the volcano, and the UFO sightings are not very common. But then all of a sudden, the activity picks up. And the volcano may even start erupting, and that's when we get some UFO sightings. Really odd and uh, strange that that seems to be the pattern. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just weird. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all I can say is just it's so strange that, the, you know, first off, if they were flying around there, why would you do it when the volcano is erupting? I mean, that's, you know, that, that's the craziest time to be there. Exactly. Super dangerous and, and nothing from our inventory, our military or uh, commercial inventory that we know of can do that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, have, have you yourself seen any of these? I, I mean, besides the, the videos that, were, that you had, I, I presume you didn't take those. Those were ones you, you got from the government from Mexico and things? Yes. Yeah, no. Uh, for myself... Have I seen a volcanic uh, UFO event? No, or any, I haven't any seen it. UFO. Um, yeah, I, I have. I've I've seen things two times in my life. One time, I was actually on a uh, just a normal flight across the United States, and um, I looked up 
you know, towards the stars and saw like a cube-shaped sort of craft uh, that seemed to be pacing the plane. Mm-hmm. And it, as soon as I looked at it, it seemed to notice that it was being observed and it moved over top of the fuselage of, of our craft. So it was just out of sight because I was going to grab my camera. As soon as I saw this thing, I was like, what? <laughs> and reached for my phone and was just going to shoot a quick picture or even a video. And it was already starting to move the moment I, I glanced at it. Uh, really strange. So it was that close to the plane? It wasn't, it wasn't super close to... It was like probably like 30 feet or 40 feet, you know? Well, that's, and that's still close. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, as soon as I looked up and caught, caught it with my naked eye, it seemed to notice. Uh, that I was having the intention to record it, and it moved over top of the plane, so there was no shot, no view of it anymore, which was really weird. I was, at the time, I was kind of freaked out because I was like, is this thing going to go down? Like, is a plane going to crash now or something? (laughs) Like, I just had all kinds of weird thoughts going through my head at the time. Yeah. Um, The only other time I can recall that I saw something that was like a UFO um, I was living in Australia at the time, and I was walking across this parking lot with a friend in a, uh, a suburb to Melbourne, Australia, called uh, South Oakley. And when we were looking up in the sky, you know, you could see the stars and all that stuff. It was nighttime, and we saw this ball of light go from over top of our heads and then over the uh, horizon, it just went completely across the whole sky and then down over the horizon. Um, and it wasn't like a, uh, you know, when you see a shooting star, you see a trail, and that's as it's burning up in our atmosphere. It wasn't leaving a trail. It was just a ball of light. And um, it, it did a right angle and then disappeared, uh, then corrected straight and went right over the horizon line. And uh, I looked at my friend and was like, did you see that? He's like, yeah, I just watched the whole bloody thing. And I was like, what the heck was that, you know? And uh, basically, that was th- those are the two experiences I've had. Uh, one was when I was 21, and the other, t- the uh, Australian experience was when I was 28. Uh, so, yeah, about... So- seven years ago now. Yeah. So were those the things that got you into making documentaries on, on this subject, or was there something else that, that provoked that? Well, I was actually studying film and sociology at university, and uh, when I had an elective course, I took this one that was an astrobiology course. Don't worry, it wasn't uh, a lot of biology, because it was actually a... Uh, more of a hypothetical course that mm-hmm. uh, introduced you to the idea of searching for an extraterrestrial life in the universe. Uh, and that course, the name of it was uh, Life in the Universe. And we got a textbook, and the textbook introduced us to 
you know, all of the ideas of the Drake equation and the likelihood that life is random and we're not that unique. Uh, we are in our solar system, but there's, due to the Drake equation and, and all kinds of scientific breakthroughs in studying our uh, galaxy and, and the universe, there's many, many, many planets out there that could harbor life that's like us or uh, could have even evolved completely different from us in an atmosphere that's, uh, you know, even poisonous to us because they, they just, that life was able to do that. So uh, that's really where I, my mind was opened to the idea mm -hmm. from a scientific standpoint. And uh, I think my first foray into the subject of UFOs and figuring out if I believed. I, I watched a, a gentleman's documentary called uh, UFOs, The Greatest Story Never Told. Uh, he's now passed Jose Escamilla while I was in university, and this featured all kinds of testimony from uh, high-ranking military officials, uh, government officials, ex-CIA members, you know, tons of people that said, that were going on the record saying, I've had experiences while I worked in these different uh, fields in, in my profession where I've noticed there's a cover-up, a sort of truth embargo that's at play here, preventing uh, the general public from knowing uh, this greater cosmic truth that, that our, our planet's being interfaced with, with uh, extraterrestrial beings. Yeah. And now, of course, I, I spoke last uh, week or the week before with uh, Stephen, and we talked about the film and everything. Uh, uh, how do you feel about disclosure? Do you, do you think it, it is something that will ever come, or Stephen seems to think that uh, this year has a good chance? Uh, how, how do you feel about it? Well, I think barring that there's no greater catastrophe that could happen this year other than the pandemic and, uh, you know, the economic uh, repercussions due to that event, as long as there's no war uh, or maybe a, a huge, like, terrorist attack or something like that, I think we're on the right track uh, to some kind of disclosure happening in the next few months. Hmm. Uh, Stephen Bassett seems to be closer to that. Yeah. He has a lot of insider connections on, you know, Capitol Hill, um, and he, he lives out there in Washington, D.C. I'm excited because, you know, for the greater portion of my adult uh, life. I've been pushing for this and wanting this by making the documentaries that I make. So uh, in a way, I'm kind of an activist. I, I, I want this, all this to be out there in the open forum. Yeah, and you've produced quite a few films on this, I mean, on the, 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 this subject and similar subjects. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested in this sort of thing. Uh, I take personal interest, and yeah, you mentioned that I did do two 
Sasquatch or Bigfoot related documentaries. Um, both of them, The Unwanted Sasquatch and Sasquatch Among Wild Men, I consider, you know, a procedural uh, and scientific fact-based study of that phenomenon and, and that that species or creatures that may still exist in deep wilderness that we come across every now and then. And uh, the recent doc is really about those experiences from around the world, you know, not just isolated to North America where people think uh, just Bigfoot exists or Sasquatch. Um, And yeah, I, I was, I wasn't always interested in that. I actually only became aware of that in 2015 and I interviewed Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum, who's a serious academic that's collected over 300 foot casts from different sightings and uh, events uh, regarding Bigfoot or Sasquatch um, uh, cases from around the world. And uh, I really was drawn to that story. I think the best way to describe that is um, some kind of relic hominid, some kind of thought-to-be-extinct, upright-looking ape that uh, exists in small, scarce populations throughout North America and different parts of the world, like China, uh, Russia, um, you know, right into Ukraine, Poland, and and, uh, anywhere that you can have a clinal rainforest, uh, these things seem to have the ability to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Volcanic UFO Mysteries, where can people see this film if they want to watch it? Sure. Um, If you want to see Volcanic UFO Mysteries, it is available on cable, uh, on-demand, Dish Network, uh, Verizon, Fios, and Cox, that that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those uh, cable and, and satellite networks, if that's where you usually like to see these films, but it's also available on a lot of streaming platforms like uh, Amazon Prime, Google Play, uh, iTunes, to name a few others. Yeah, wow, that's that's great. And uh, now, what do you have in the works? Do you have anything in the works right now? Yeah, uh, so I, I finished a documentary uh, not too long ago called uh, Crop Circle Realities, uh, who which features also Jaime Malsan, but um, Gary King, who's a pretty prolific uh, crop circle researcher, uh, and Stephen Bassett, again, reprises his activism and coverage of the crop circle phenomenon in the UK. Uh, That comes out in March, and, uh, and, and I'm working on a documentary right now about space, related UFOs, um, a history of not only Apollo uh, space mission uh, sightings, but all kinds of anomalous activity that's happened in space around our planet, the moon, Mars, you name it. So uh, 
that is called Secret Space UFOs, and I'm getting through that right now with my production folks. Wow. That's interesting because the, you know, I mean, of course, there's some people that say, you know, this is all a bunch of nothing and everything. But when you have astronauts who we have sent into space and they come back and then they start talking about they saw something, uh, you know, that <laughs> that's a pretty, yeah, it's like, pretty reliable who, who are you source. Believe? Exactly. That's exactly the point. Yeah, and that's why I'm I'm doing the documentary because not only does it cover a deep and long history of UFO sightings that have happened in space from astronauts, you know, this is not one or two astronauts, this mm. is like dozens. Yeah. Um but we also have uh military uh, officials and all kinds of other people surrounding uh, this this foray into space uh, that have seen and recorded UFO activity. And uh, the government, you know, the, here's the plain truth is through the United States Department of Defense's own admission recently they are interested in UFOs, and they are researching them. They call them UAPs now. Right, yeah. They have a task force for investigating them. The Department of Defense does. And that is something that's out there in the public. But for over 70 years, since the late 1940s, they have had an interest. It just hasn't been public. So if you think about NASA... NASA is actually a, it's a part of the Department of Defense. It's, it's, a civil, it's supposed to be a, a civilian space agency, but they follow the exact same national security rules as the, the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And space is the ultimate place you want to defend uh, as a, a nation that's interested in uh, national defense. Space is the, the ultimate frontier to have superiority. And uh, let me guarantee you that they've known about UFO activity in space for a long time, uh, but they've kept that under wraps for a long time as well. And maybe with this greater uh, reveal of UFO information over the coming months, over the coming years, we will hear more about stuff that's happened in space. I think that will be a possibility because if you think about it, we're actually gearing up to be a spacefaring uh, nation with the likes of SpaceX trying to colonize Mars. So it's, it's in the military's best interest to start to inform the public about this when we're going to start to see this more and more right. as we go into space. Yeah. Darcy, I want to before we finish up, I want to get your opinion. What did you think of and I hope I pronounce this right, Muamua? Muamua, um I believe I I I think it's Avi Loeb, the uh Harvard researcher who mm -hmm. did the paper, uh physics paper he published on um Muamua. I believe him. Uh I agree with him that it didn't seem to move like a uh, uh, on a non-intelligent 
satellite that was just moving through our solar system uh, through natural means. It seemed to speed up uh, and accelerate beyond what a natural satellite would do. Um, and for sure, it was something that was checking us out, uh, I think. Uh, so that's what I think of Muamua. Yeah. Well, I want to finish up, Darcy, with one more question. But this takes us away from everything we've talked about, UFOs, Sasquatch, uh, crop circles, all your documentaries and everything. But when you relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Uh, I really like to watch documentaries. I watched The Night Stalker recently. I binged mm-hmm. through that. And then there was another really cool British Netflix uh, serial killer documentary series called um, The Ripper that came out recently. I, I binged through that as well. Um, I guess I've got a bit of a dark mind, but I was very <laughs> fascinated with that stuff. Um, I like to watch other UFO docs. I love James Fox's The Phenomenon, which just came out uh, at the end of 2020. I highly advise people to check that out. That's a very good uh, chronological history uh, of the UFO phenomenon right up to um, UAPs and what's happening in the government right now and uh, how much they do know. Um, And other sort of stuff i i love uh the marvel movies you know i i'm i'm into mandalorian and and a lot of the star wars stuff i'm yeah. always i love science fiction i think science fiction borrows from possible science fact you know that mm-hmm. that, that could come in the future yeah. yeah would you watch when you were a kid growing up on tv uh, on TV, of course, I loved the X Files. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked uh, Unsolved Mysteries and uh, you know all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I loved watching horror movies. You know, I think one of my favorite films was um, Monster Squad. Uh, yeah, so I've I've always been interested in fringe thinking sort of uh, fiction as well. Well, Darcy, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's a fascinating subject. People should go out and uh, take a look at Volcanic UFO Mysteries. And like you said, it's available all over the place, including Amazon Prime. And uh, thank you so much for uh, letting us know about it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been great. Big shout-out going to Darcy Ware for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond in a fascinating subject, and uh, you got to see this film because some of the things that you see on there, I, like I was saying in the interview, uh, it, it's just like, okay, that is not just something that's you know falling or going out of the uh, volcano. It's uh, very strange, so uh, if you get a chance to check it out, it's, it's a real good film. And let's see, I want to once again remind you if you have a suggestion for a guest or if you want to have a suggestion for one of the reruns that you'd like to hear, because we have so many, over 500, of course, and you can send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about getting uh, that to you. And uh, check out onscreenandbeyond.com and uh, see what you think. And uh, like I say, not a, none of the links or most of the links on the reruns do not work. 
I just haven't had a chance to uh, fix those yet. But uh, you know, you can you can check those out uh, at, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of the other ones that are out there. Go to uh, you know, just go to where you get our episodes and you can uh, check things out. Um, but anyways, uh, thank you for listening, and it's time uh, for uh, finishing up this episode of On Screen and Beyond. It's a wrap, and so until next time, and we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Uh-huh.